for Pacifica Radio, June 12th, 2022. I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. All right, y'all, welcome to the show. It is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm the editorial director of Antiwar.com and author of the book, Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. You can find my full interview archive, more than 5,700 of them now, going back to 2003, at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash scotthortonshow. And you can follow me on Twitter, at scotthortonshow. All right, introducing Aisha Juman, and she has this great piece at Truthout. Corporate media failed to cover war in Yemen due to U.S. support for Saudi Arabia. And uh, she is, of course, the president of the Yemen Relief and Construction Foundation. Welcome back to the show, Aisha. How are you doing? Thank you very much for the invite. Uh, I'm doing very well, and I'm happy to be with you. Great. Uh, very happy to have you here on the show with us again. Uh, now, this may not be the most covered story in the world. In fact, quite the opposite. But it is the most important story in the world. It's the worst war in the world. America's war in Yemen. It's at least as bad as Iraq War II, with already civilian casualties counted at more than half a million. And uh, it's been going on for seven years here. And yet, we actually now have an advantage to press to try to force an end to the thing. So let's start at the end there. Can you talk a little bit about the new War Powers Resolution and the efforts that people like yourself and other activists are uh, making in order to really try to push this thing through and make a difference now? Yes, actually, uh, we've had a lot of support from activists and grassroots organizations that have pushed our uh, lawmakers to introduce a a Yemen War Powers Resolution. It was uh, headed by... Representative Jayapal and DeFazio, and um, also uh, Schiff joined the ranks on this. And the, basically, it says that the U.S. needs to end all your support to the Saudi-led war on Yemen, uh, specifically offensive uh, targeting uh, inside Yemen. And so this is something that we're very excited about. We are, um, again, without the grassroots, without anti-war activists, this um, legislation would not have been introduced. So we encourage everybody to reach out to their representatives and senators to ensure that this passes. We've had one that was passed in 2019. However, it was vetoed when it got to President um, Trump's office. So this time we're very hopeful that we... you know, will finally end U.S. complicity in uh, the slaughter, actually, of the Yemeni people. Uh, Scotty talked about about half a million uh, civilians having been killed. This is a huge underestimate because in Yemen we don't have people, uh, you know, issuing death certificates. So a lot of people die in their homes and nobody knows that they even died. So uh, I would say, and and you're absolutely right, despite all the horrors that are going on in the world today, uh, Yemen is considered the worst humanitarian crisis in the world, man-made humanitarian crisis in the world. And without the U.S. support, uh, this war would not have started and would not have continued. So it's time for us to end it. Absolutely. All right. Now, so a few things here. First of all, 
The War Powers Resolution of 1973, it really gives the president too much authority constitutionally. Uh, but there's enough restrictions on there that Nixon vetoed it, and the Congress passed it with super majorities over Nixon's veto. It says that after 60 days, not that the Constitution gives the president the right to start a war at all, but at least after 60 days, the Congress can force a president to end a war. And um, when the Congress passed, I guess just the House passed it in 2018, then as you write here, both houses of Congress passed the War Powers Resolution in 2019 to try to force an end to this war, but Trump vetoed it. And ironically, this is a war that Obama started to placate the Saudis. His government told the New York Times to placate the Saudis because we're doing the nuclear deal with Iran. Well, Trump tears up the nuclear deal, but he keeps the war. But anyway, it's just absolutely world historical, incredible, something that nobody thought would ever happen, that the Congress would ever actually invoke the War Powers Resolution to try to force an end to a war. And here they're doing it again. And as you said, you have powerful allies of President Biden, like uh, Representative Schiff, who are co-sponsoring this, supporting this. Um, and, you know, two years ago, when he was running for president, Biden said he was going to end this war. And then a year and a half ago, when he became the president, he announced he was ending American support for the war. But then he just didn't. It was in, I think, May of 2021, the very end of April 2021, when Admiral Kirby at the Pentagon admitted that, actually, no, we're continuing all the support. Never mind all that stuff we said about how we were ending it. Um, but in other words, though, uh, to get to my point here, this is supposedly President Biden's policy. He said he wanted to end this war anyway. So all we are doing is trying to hold him, you know, unlike Donald Trump, we're holding him to his promise of what he said he was going to do and what he said his policy was going to be. And so I think that means, too, that when people call their Democratic congressmen, if they live in Democratic districts, that they can frame this as President Biden needs our support in the Congress, right? He needs the Congress to say that they agree with him that it's time to end this war. Try to frame it in a way where they're not going against their president. They're giving him the ammo he needs to do the right thing, that kind of deal, you know? You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, he said a lot of things, and um, he also said that he's going to make uh, Saudi Arabia under Mohammed bin Salman, the prior that it is. Uh, so the, it is time for him to deliver uh, on the promises and the, for Congress to empower him to do so, especially because the Saudis have been playing hardball. Uh, as you know, um, you know we, uh, based on reports, President uh, Biden is due to travel to Saudi Arabia and uh, his trip had been postponed. So if you're reading the, the national uh, government-owned media in Saudi Arabia right now, they're saying the postponement was due to the fact that President Biden had not uh, honored the demands of Saudi Arabia. So I'm not even sure what these demands are uh, that they're requiring of him. And the other thing they said also, which was quite uh, fascinating, they said he needs Saudi Arabia to be re-elected. Uh, and that's why he's visiting Saudi Arabia. And I just um, have no idea how a dictatorship and um, war criminals like Mohammed bin Salman thinks that he can dictate who our, pre who our president is going to be. And, you know, what strange thinking 
an absurd thinking that he thinks the president of the most powerful nation in the world needs his support to be reelected. Well, I mean, there is something there where, and this is actually goes back to the 1990s. If you look at bin Laden's declarations of war against America from 96 and 98, he talks about American pressure on especially Saudi Arabia, but the rest of the Gulf states to ramp up production, to lower the price of oil, to subsidize our economy at their expense. Look at Bush and Clinton and Bush and Obama and Trump all have openly put pressure on Saudi Arabia. Please ramp up production to drop the price of oil because I have an election coming up. But, you know, obviously with price inflation, monetary and price inflation the way it is now in America and around the world, they could produce every last drop in the ground they've got. It's only going to drop the price a very little bit at this point. And, and supply of oil around the world is so diversified now that even exactly. if Saudi really cranked up production, it probably would only make the most marginal difference anyway. But then you're right, though, yeah. that this is the kind of thing we'll trade a war for this. Right. A politician will trade and not even a war, a genocide, a completely one sided slaughter of a civilian population for just, you know, public choice theory for Biden's own personal political interests. He would continue this war. And Ben Salman knows that. So I think there really and, is something to that, unfortunately. And, and I actually want to push against that. The reason for that, I think, probably in the 70s and 80s, this uh, argument of we need their oil it was accurate. I don't think it's accurate anymore. Uh, we know now that the U.S. is sufficient. So, and we also know that the U.S. now is, you know, one of the largest uh, oil producers in the world. So th- that, that assumption that existed, especially in the 70s, um, is no longer is no longer true, and even like you said, and I agree with your, your second statement. Even if they crank up the production, it's going to have extremely low effect uh, on world economy, on and also on the U.S. economy. If you just read uh, recently, J, uh, J.P. Morgan uh, just published an article on the suggested production increase by OPEC. By the way, including Russian oil also more Russian oils coming into the market, uh, that it will have negligible effect on the economy. And he actually compared it to going to a war with rubber bullets. So this concept that we need their oil, um, you know, for our presidents to be elected uh, is no longer valid. Right. Yeah. Somebody tell the presidents. <laughs> but yeah, I yes. totally agree. And, and yeah. it really, like, it's just the lie. If you, if you turn it to any of the business channels on TV, or, you know, the lie is, that I guess all of a sudden there's a giant contraction in supply of everything, right? Oranges and cars and oil and everything. But that's not true. What happened was they printed a bunch of money and they devalued the money. So prices in everything are going up. No increase in the supply of production of oil around the world, or I shouldn't say no, but it would be an absolute drastic, a doubling of oil production around the world or something to bring prices back down again. Because the problem isn't, uh, a uh, restriction in the supply of oil. The problem is too much money created by national governments around the world uh, in the name of the lockdowns. So exactly. it just is what it exactly. is. There's no way around exactly. that. Um, and the other thing I also want to mention here um, related to the economy. Uh, like you said, we've had a lot of reasons for why we have where we are, but also you just mentioned also big companies or not just media companies, but also think tanks that are hired by these dictators 
to shape public opinion in the U.S. So we have a lot of publications that have come out in support of Saudi Arabia, in support of the UAE, in support of all these countries. But these are paid lobbyists. These are paid think tank you know, individuals. So they flood our media with the information of how we are dependent on them. And without them, you know, our economy is going to collapse when, in fact, if they declare a conflict of interest, we will see that they are just paid, paid agents. And, you know, we see now in the news that the CEO of the Brookings Institute has just been, uh, you know, his office searched by the FBI because he was serving as an agent for Qatar without declaring that. And I wish that, you know, we every time somebody writes an article in support of a dictator and a war criminal, that they declare where their money is coming from for them to write such an article. Yeah. Uh, You know, the great Ben Freeman had a piece at the Quincy Institute recently about the Middle East Institute and how they are just absolutely thoroughly bankrolled to, I think, the tens of millions of dollars by Saudi Arabia. And then I just did, while we were talking, search site Middle East Institute for Yemen. And the first thing that came up is why we shouldn't end the war in Yemen too soon here. Exactly. There's just no question about that and how that works. Yeah. And so... Uh, And it really is. It's a racket. In fact, someone years ago described to me as the United States of America is just a fiction. America is essentially where potentates from around the world come here to hire our mercenary forces to dominate and control their tyrannies back in their own home countries. You could just essentially look at the entire USA as just a front for Israel and Saudi and Britain, for that matter. (laughs) Everybody but the American people. And it's partly because American people don't know what's going on. And uh, again, we tend to believe our uh, media in the U.S., uh, especially the big names like the New York Times, uh, the Wall Street Journals, not recognizing that these media outlets actually represent their owners. They don't represent us. They don't represent the constituents of, you know, uh, of the U.S., And I actually have an interesting story where somebody uh, who, you know, out of college was hired to be an editor in one of the big um, newspapers. And he said he was very happy he wrote his first editorial and the owner of the organization called him and said, I hired you to write my opinions, not yours. (laughs) And, And I think it's very important for us in the U.S. to be very critical of the media and understand why they write and who owns them and what's their uh, politics because they're pushing their politics on us. Yeah, absolutely right. Hang on just one second. Hey guys, I had some wasps in my house. So I shot them to death with my trusty bug assault 3.0 model with the improved salt reservoir and bar safety. I don't have a deal with them, but the show does earn a kickback every time you get a bug assault or anything else you buy from amazon.com. By way of the link in the right-hand margin on the front page at scotthorton.org. So keep that in mind. And don't worry about the mess. Your wife will clean it up. Green Mill Supercritical is the award-winning leader in cannabis oil extraction. Their machines are absolute top of the line. They simply work better and accomplish more for less than any competitor in the world. We are talking anywhere from a couple of hundred thousand dollars for the base model and up. So this is for serious business people here. But the price, as they say, will be worth it. Green Mill Supercritical customers' investments pay for themselves oftentimes in just weeks. Simple enough for almost any operator. Deep enough for master technicians. 
their new novel techniques for inline real-time winterization are leaving their competitors in the key. That's greenmillsupercritical.com. Man, I wish I was in school so I could drop out and sign up for Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom instead. Tom has done such a great job on putting together a classical curriculum for everyone from junior high schoolers on up through the postgraduate level, and it's all very reasonably priced. Just make sure you click through from the link in the right margin at scotthorton.org. Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. Real history, real economics, real education. Okay, it's Anti-War Radio. I'm Scott Horton. I'm talking with Aisha Juman, and she's the head of the Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation. And I actually have a donor who emailed me out of the blue and said, you know, he, he likes to donate to different nonprofits, but he does his due diligence. And he looked very deeply into the Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation, and he was happy to report to me it was, you know, ratio-wise, numbers-wise, above 98% of their spending going directly to providing food aid and medical aid and whatever to people in Yemen and essentially Asia and her receptionist or whoever taking nothing, um, taking, taking virtually nothing off the top, unlike every other charity you've ever heard of. Um, so, you know, I'm very happy to report that to you, that if there's, if you're looking for a way that you can help the people of Yemen and know that your dollar is going where you want it to go, it's the Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation at YemenFoundation.org. That's YemenFoundation.org. And as long as I'm raising money, it's fun drive time here at KPFK again. And sorry to interrupt the show, but this is how it goes. We don't do commercials. We don't have corporate sponsors. You tune in to Sunday morning news shows on TV, and they're brought to you literally by Northrop Grumman. You sit there and watch the commercials. Well, we're brought to you by you. You want to listen to anti-war radio on Sunday mornings on KPFK? You got to pony up. That's it. We don't have advertisers. We don't have corporate sponsors. We're not sponsored by big foundations. We're sponsored by our listeners. So that's it. Anyone who pledges $75 or more to KPFK will get a copy of my book, Enough Already. Time to end the war on terrorism. Just go to kpfk.org or just call 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-5735 or kpfk.org to help support KPFK Pacifica Radio in Southern California. All right, now back to anti-war radio, talking with Aisha Juman about the war in Yemen. Three major points. This war is the worst war in the world, despite the lack of media coverage. Two... There's a ceasefire now and a possible real end of the war. The Saudis have even given up their major goal of reinstalling the last dictator. So that is huge. And then three, there is currently, as of last week, a war powers resolution in the House of Representatives, an advantage for us to press. And we have to. And this is the time. So give them the call to action. Let the people know, Asia, how important it is for each and every person listening to call 833-STOP-WAR, which will connect right to your representatives, uh, to let them know how they feel about this, whether their congressman is supporting this, whether he's co-sponsoring this, he or she, uh, co-sponsoring this, or what have you. Please. Thank you. So this war has been going on for over seven years. Uh, it is the largest humanitarian crisis in the world. There are 16 million people in Yemen who are at the risk of famine. Uh, by the end of this year, this number is going to be 24 million people. That's um, 
you know, Yemen has two-thirds of the people in Yemen. Yemen has a population of 30 million people. We are counting on you to end the war, the Saudi-led war on Yemen that would not happen without the U.S. support. This is prime time. We have now over 62 representatives who are supporting the war power resolution to end your support for the Saudi-led war on Yemen. Please call your representative and ask that they support the Yemen war power resolution. Uh, we also have an accompanying resolution that's going to be introduced in the Senate by Senator Bernie Sanders. So also start calling your, um, your senators, asking them to support Bernie Sanders' introduction and be early co-sponsors of the Yemen War Power Resolution. We're counting on you. We're counting on the American public because we know you're not aware about what's going on and how the U.S. is complicit in the war crimes that are committed uh, in Yemen. Mm -hmm. uh, Washington Post article just published showing over 90 airstrikes that are considered war crimes. And it says very specifically that the U.S. is complicit in these war crimes. Please, we need you. We need your support. This is time, especially with the truce that has been extended. Um, everybody is ready for this to happen. Enable our president, enable our representative to support our president to end the, uh, the support of the Saudi-led war on Yemen. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for that. And again, everyone, it's HJRes87. You can just say it's the War Powers Resolution on Yemen. You know the one I mean, but it's HJRes87. It's literally from the Nixon years. The War Powers Resolution in 1973 being invoked to force Biden's hand to force Saudi's hand to stop this war. And look, we're the superpower. They're the client state. It's the American-led coalition. Those are our F-15s, our bombs, our mercenaries and spies and military men over there coordinating, doing all the intelligence and the logistics, our Navy enforcing the blockade. It's our war. And just because MSNBC went literally 365 days without uttering the word Yemen once doesn't make it not true. But back to what Asia was saying just now, you know, this transmitter, KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., is the most powerful FM transmitter west of the Mississippi River. You know that? Cover with all the repeaters we got. We go down to San Diego, up to Santa Barbara, way out in the desert, almost to Palm Springs. There are potentially tens of thousands of people this Sunday morning who could be convinced, obviously it's Sunday, just jot it down, type it in your phone, email it to yourself, text it to your mama, 833-STOP-WAR. And then tomorrow morning, first thing, this is what we all do together, is we call Congress and let them know how much we care about this. It'll make a difference. It's just the margin, but that's where all the action is. So Aisha, tell me, what are the latest reports of the humanitarian crisis out of Yemen? Because we always have heard from the very beginning about the numbers of people on the brink of starvation. But seven years of the brink of starvation is pretty hungry. But I wonder just if, you know, you mentioned the Washington Post uh, latest report, like on the, the airstrikes and that kind of thing. Are there any major new reports about the humanitarian crisis in Yemen that people can read? 
Yes, actually, the UN publishes uh, weekly and also monthly reports on the humanitarian crisis in Yemen. If you look at ReliefWeb slash Yemen, you'll have that information there. Basically, again, now with the food crisis uh, because of the, the war in Ukraine and with the fuel prices increasing, the you know you have a vulnerable population in Yemen that was expected by the end of this year to the, those who are at brink of starvation to go from 16 to 20 million people. So that number is uh, going to be much higher. The World Food Program that supports uh, Yemeni with food rations have had to reduce their food rations to 8 million people in Yemen. So the situation is getting worse. Um, a lot more people, if you look at the 800, you know, the half a million people that were reported to have died uh, in Yemen, 70% of them died from indirect causes, that is famine, that is infectious diseases due to the lack of medicine uh, and, uh, and water, because a lot of these services have been destroyed. And as you mentioned, there's a blockade on Yemen, which makes things getting into Yemen extremely difficult. So yes, the situation has worsened and is expected actually to be much worse than what we anticipated at the beginning of this uh, of this year. Yeah, you know, you think about Iraq War II and that occupation and that massive civil war where during that occupation, there was no blockade. They're still bringing in food and everything. The Supposedly the war was won in the first few weeks, remember? Here, we've had this country under a siege for seven years. This absolutely in violation of every part of the letter and spirit of the Geneva Conventions and, and just modern civilization. The only way that they've gotten away with it is just by hiding it. It's every bit as bad as Iraq War II. And I'm afraid that, you know, when the war finally does end and they do the excess death rate comparisons, it's going to be more than a million people have died in this thing. Absolutely, you know? Scott. Uh, I am an epidemiologist. Working with numbers uh, is something that I do, and I am 100% sure that the number of death in Yemen has already exceeded 1 million people. Mm-hmm. All right. It couldn't be otherwise after, after no. everything this whole time. Um, right. and, and look, I want to add this. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but almost nobody knows this. There's this wonderful article by Morgan Hunter at antiwar.com about how the locust plague that decimated East Africa is because of this war. At the university in Sana'a, the graduate students had a program where they went out there and annihilated the grasshoppers every spring. But because of the war, that whole thing was canceled. And so those grasshoppers turned into a locust plague and crossed the Red Sea and decimated crops throughout Eastern Africa when they're in the middle of this horrible drought anyway. So you want to talk about excess death rate there. You can go ahead and throw on another million people died from the locust plague unleashed by the United States of America. I I would like, yeah, thank you for pointing the article. I haven't seen it yet. This is extremely important. Um, Just to wrap up here, we're almost out of time, but let's just talk about that activism one more time. We have the Friends Committee on National Legislation, the Quaker lobby, indefatigable anti-war activists there in uh, Washington, D.C., and that's fcnl.org. They have all the information that people need there. We'll have blog entries. In fact, I'm going to write one right now at antiwar.com, and the phone number is 1-833-STOP-WAR, and they will connect you directly to your congressman's office or your your um, 
congressman or woman. And if you're a, a liberal Democrat, if you live in a liberal Democrat district, attack the left from the left. If you live in a conservative Republican district, attack the right from the right. Make the arguments they want to hear. Don't ask them to change who they are. Just ask them to be a decent version of who they claim to be. That's all, right? And, and if they're a Democrat, ask them, we need to support Biden by passing this resolution. That's what, how they need to hear it, okay? Frame it that way. Keep that in mind. Be creative. And, and tell them you vote and this really matters and really can make a difference. It's 833-STOP-WAR. And you know what, Asia, too, I think people don't really realize, but you can look up on your Congress uh, person's website there and they usually have two or three offices back home, too. So there are, yep. you know, you can, you're only talking to a staffer, but been in the year of three or four staffers from one congressman's office, if that's everybody involved in this all doing the same thing, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of calls to Congress, and that will ensure it's passing. It would, it would be virtually unstoppable at that point if we could turn out those numbers, don't you think? I know I agree. Uh, the, the, our you know, elected people should be responsive to our requests. We're the one who put them in office. And I, and I know and I believe the American public would not want to be part of this war that has created famine uh, and a lot of death and misery in Yemen. And it's their voices that should be represented uh, by our um, elected officials. So the more we call them, the more likely they are going to listen to us. So, and I understand that a call is, uh, is considered like 2,000 people have written to the congressperson. So one call apparently represents 2,000 people. So we need those calls moving on. We have right now over 100 organizations who signed on to ending U.S. support for the Saudi-led war on Yemen. We need every single voice out there to uh, call in and ask that their representatives support the Yemen war power resolution. Yeah. And that's another great point, especially anyone, if you can claim to represent a group of any kind, any, any group of 10 or more people of any description whatsoever, whatever it is. And all of us agree about this and we're serious about it. That, that kind of force multiplier is so important. And of course, veterans invoke that status too, that you've been there and back and that's how you know better, that kind of thing. These are the arguments that really can help win people over. And that's it. We're all out of time. Everybody, please donate and support KPFK. There's no anti-war radio without KPFK. So it's 818 818- 985 or kpfk.org. $75 or more gets you a copy of my book, Enough Already. And thank you so much for that. And thank you, Aisha Juman, so much for all of your efforts and your time on the show today. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much for all that you're doing for Yemen and for the rest of the world to make sure that we live in a peaceful world. Thank you, Scott. All right, you guys, that's Aisha Juman, YemenFoundation.org. And this great piece is that truth out. Corporate media fail to cover war in Yemen due to U.S. support for Saudi Arabia. And again, it's 833-STOP-WAR. Call them first thing tomorrow morning. Thank you. And that's it for Anti-War Radio for this morning. I'm Scott Horton. Find me at scotthorton.org and on Twitter at Scott Horton Show. The book is enough already. And I'll be back here for my new time, 9 to 9.30 on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. See you next time.